Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You have your choice of how you can have us served up, whatever plate you'd like to see us on, however you'd like to see the garnishing on it. There's one particular variable that has us, uh, well, the one you're probably using from what we could tell statistically, you're listening to us as a podcast. Uh, and of course, you you get it to us as a podcast by going to that same uh, uh, www.centralfttalkradio.com choosing the first link on the homepage that's where you are when you hit that link and the first link there is the one that takes you to the most recent shows that we have up on air the top of the list will be this show or the most recent show. The other alternative is the second link on that homepage, and that takes you to the radio loop of this show. That's, that's a version of this show. It's the identical show, but running on a separate computer here in the studio, and it's being put out in a constant loop. And when you hit that second link the radio loop link, you pick up the show at whatever point in the loop it happens to be, just as you would basically pick up any show that you flicked on a radio to, to listen to. You'd find it at whatever point it was, get interested and enjoy it, and it is just a way of listening that uh, many people ha have grown up with in this country. It's sort of a, uh, an analog uh, uh, variation on, uh, <laughs> on, on, I suppose, on, on, on podcasts. I kind of like the idea, and a lot of other people do as well. So we preserve it for you. We give you that choice. Uh, so far as I know, no one else does. So enjoy. It's there for you. It'll be there as long as we do center-left radio. And I, I trust that'll be for uh, some time to come. Uh, there's a need to talk about a lot of stuff. And, and there's a need to talk about, in particular, something that, that takes me a little off theme, if you will, today. Some, uh, if, if you've listened to our recent shows, uh, largely we've been focusing on this whole theme of uh, Trump and Republicans and and the January 6th, uh, uh, you know, insurrection and the effort to take down the country and, and, and just different aspects of that and, the, and, and just the, 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 the breach between the, the gulf, the, the, the chasm between the two Americas, the one that basically seems to be rational and sentient and the other that openly embraces a lie and runs with it simply because it basically is um, a, a tribal necessity. It, it, it binds them. It, it's a way of saying, we are this and you are not. And the, and the specifics are far less important. The veracity of the foundation for the claim is far less important than the claim itself, than the differentiation. And, and, and it would seem, and I, I, I think as I listen to myself from prior shows, that that was the sum total of how I was approaching America, that, th that this was the defining statement of what America is right now. America having been moved into a highly domestic uh, sort of uh, realm, and what was happening in that realm was truly definitive of what we are and where we're going and how we see ourselves and how we should see ourselves. And it winds up that not that might not be entirely accurate. You see, a strange thing happened yesterday. 
Now, I, I, I can't say exactly what time it happened, um, but it happened um, in Kabul, Afghanistan. You know, Afghanistan that we, uh, if, if you listen to the Republican take on it, and, and no, no small number of Democrats also, that we left, and as long as, even for all the years we've been there and all the time and all of the, 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 the effort and all of the, uh, of the, unachieved goals that we seem to have left undone for all of the non the non-achievement there was sufficient reason many felt to maintain at least maintain Bagram Air Base as a location uh, as a secured location and and basically a way of going in and out of staying in that region and staying engaged in the region that was responsible for 9/11 and so much other terrorism that has followed um, even even if you accept that uh, that that was uh, a good idea, uh, and 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 that basically you know we we were uh, getting away from uh, twenty years of war, and, and I and you know Joe Biden took took a lot of heat, a lot of heat for doing that, and there was that awful situation uh, where uh, I think it was eleven or twelve Marines were killed right there in the airbase or right near the airbase in the process of the evacuation taking place. The Taliban uh, or, or, or terrorist members thereof, I mean, I don't know if you distinguish the one from the other, uh, managed to get in and, and, and get one last uh, swipe at the Americans uh, on the way out. Well, yesterday, uh, funny thing, um, we took out Ayman al Zawahiri. Zawiri, I've, I've heard his name pronounced Zawiri. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go with al Zawiri for today. Who is this? Well, you knew the name if if you were if you were paying attention uh, 20 years ago, if you were around for 9/11. That was a name that was up there with Bin Laden. And, and people have to realize that there, Zawiri was often has been discussed as the successor to bin Laden. But in point of fact, and, I, and I've, I've been hearing some information on this uh, yesterday and today, al-Zawiri basically uh, is the guy that may have brought bin Laden into the al-Qaeda fold in the first place. Uh, Bin Laden, because of the family connections, had the money. And if he could be radicalized, and he obviously would, uh, he had, therefore, the resources to do much of what needed to be done to fulfill this first dream of striking at the Americas, to do it with this magnificent statement uh, uh, taking down uh, the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. Of course, there had been an effort a few years prior to the successful effort that killed 3,000 people, nearly 3,000 people. But, but he was uh, basically tasked with physically doing this. And bin Laden, the name was internationally well-known. His family was well-known. You know the stories about uh, uh, George uh, W. Bush uh, scooping up, having planes going around the country. The rest, the rest, all commercial and private flights were grounded in the country. And yet there were two government planes traveling about America, scooping up members of the bin Laden family and getting them the hell out of the country and getting them back to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or wherever they were taking them at that point. Uh, and, and what the Bush family involvement was and all, on and on and on and on. So, so that the bin Laden family was a bigger issue than Osama bin Laden himself. Al-Zawiri is more of the pure, ugly terrorist. The, 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 he, he is the font, he is the source of so much of what has caused us to have our lives really changed radically in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm.
And, and as big a deal as it was about taking out bin Laden, and, 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 and I remember when Barack Obama uh, appeared and it, it was sort of a, a, an unexpected uh, announcement. He came on TV and it, it preempted a whole series of, of shows or whatever was going on, and he announced that we'd taken out bin Laden, and it was a big damn deal. And he made a point of saying that we do not rest, that the enemies of this country can never take comfort in the thought that America has forgotten, that we will be looking, we will be following you, we will get to you, blah, 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 blah. And he said it very, very eloquently, as only Barack Obama could. Well, it, it, it winds up that yesterday, Joe Biden, uh, nowhere near the eloquence of a Barack Obama, nowhere near the youthfulness, looking like a guy who's gotten his second attack of COVID and is working through it, but, but definitely had to get before a mic. Joe Biden used nearly, nearly the identical words that Barack Obama had used 10 years, 11 years earlier to announce to the world that the true, true kingpin of Al-Qaeda, the, the true mastermind, the guy at the top that first brought, well, that brought, you know, Obama, uh, 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 Osama bin Laden in and then took over command personally once he was taken out uh, 11 years ago. What had happened was the Taliban according to bin Laden, uh, wow, well, listen to me, I'm, I'm all over the place today. According to Biden, the Taliban, uh, feeling somewhat uh, secure in their uh, realization that the Americans were, uh, had left town, gave safe haven to, uh, to uh, al-Zawiri in nothing, in, 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 in something as, Nothing more, nothing more secure than a terraced apartment in downtown Kabul, in, a, in an apartment building, an apartment block. Uh, you know, an apartment with a with a terrace where you could stand there and look out and you know see the world go by and watch the damage you've reinflicted on people and watching women being oppressed and seeing all the wonderful horrible things you're doing in the name of a god that doesn't exist uh, that only exists in your fan or the version of a god that <laughs> no self-respecting god would ever be. Uh, simply a manifestation of your own uh, warped psychology, uh, at, you know, sort of uh, blended with a misinterpretation of sacred writings, the Quran in this instance, and, and watching it play out before you on a daily basis. This is, this is where al-Zawiri was. And you, you have to remember that when we left... Uh, Afghanistan, all of the criticism against, uh, you know, uh, Biden and, and just everybody getting on him and jumping on him and just, well, you know, bo both sides, both sides, obviously more the Republicans than the Democrats. I mean, people keep in mind that it was Trump <laughs> that, that struck the deal <laughs> with the Taliban in the May, in May of, I guess this was May of 2020. Uh, pr just prior to the November election, he struck a deal with the Taliban that he was getting out. Trump, who wanted to have no involvement with America anyplace, America first meant get the hell out of here, and basically we deal with our own stuff. Translation, we basically do business for our own benefit, and we reach out and do business with you. We form affiliations. We basically figure out ways of, of, of making everybody happy. We, we, you know, we're basically, I'm a mob boss, and, and, and this is how I work. I don't have any, I don't have any natural enemies unless you, uh, you don't respect me in which case I'm your enemy. But if you have a need and I have a need, and we both can make, make, a, make, make a something out of it and make something from it, gain, earn, get money, 
get wealth, get power out of some kind of an arrangement. Hey, I'm your guy. Don't worry about that. I don't care what you do to other people. I don't care about how you how you deal with your people. I don't care what you're feeling towards human rights or anything else is. We've got a deal to strike. And if we strike deals, chances are you won't be able to, you, you probably won't ultimately want to do what you might otherwise do, uh, let's say, to America because, hey, I'm Donald, I've struck a deal with you, and you really don't want to mess up my place that much, do you? So, you know, if we simply... Go, go do your terrorist thing somewhere else. I've, I've done a better deal than even my otherwise natural uh, uh, allies could have done with you. Deal with, get, get it out of your system somewhere else. Don't deal with me. And it, it's, it's, it's a mindset that basically is utterly isolationist and utterly breaks apart the entire world system that has been built carefully since the Second World War. And, and, and you just have this reinforced with what just happened over the past weekend. Um, Trump making his Bedminster golf course accessible well, why wouldn't he he they uh, the the uh, this the Saudi leader the young kid who who uh, uh, was guilty of killing uh, the American reporter basically reached out and uh, said hey Donald uh, you know we'll give you a lot more money than you would have gotten from the PGA not that the PGA is interested in using your course for anything but uh, the unspoken part of it being we know you're bleeding money People aren't going there except for, you know, the, the hardcore Trump supporters who actually still think it's a great idea to be at your course. But, uh, hey, we'll give you a whole bunch of money and you'll be on our tour and you'll have, you'll have TV coverage of it. And we'll, we'll, we're paying all of these golfers and there's a bunch of them that, that are willing to accept obscene amounts of money. All that from us, the people who go ahead, uh, who you know, murder their opposition and the country that produced 15 of the uh, 18 hijackers who created 9-11. Don't worry about it. We'll just give you... Of course, says Donald. Naturally, why would I not accept that deal? Now, it winds up that, that really he just had a trickle of people showing up at Bedminster and that the, uh, that the uh, TV ratings for it were minimal, absolutely minimal. But, but, but th th this, is, this is something you have to understand about how uh, Republicans have uh, moved this country. It's been this effort to, to basically discourage, to, to disconnect America from the world. That's just how they've been. And the mindset that comes from our media on all sides, reinforcing that image of us versus them, domestic Republican versus Democrat sort of uh, conflict, leaves you to sort of not look at the larger picture of America. It, it makes looking at America as an international player uh, sort of a, a more difficult thing to do. We are basically a, a domestic uh, event, aren't we? Isn't it our domestic thing that we're trying to work on? Isn't that the, the, what's really important here? And then you hear about uh, al-Zawahiri being taken out. And you're reminded, at least I was reminded almost immediately, of a statement that had been made by Joe Biden as we left Afghanistan. He said that we, we had over the horizon, we were not surrendering our over the horizon capability. In fact, we were really expanding it in many ways. And I don't think a lot of people uh, uh, took a lot of comfort necessarily in, in that statement. 
In, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain that most people who were against our pulling out of Afghanistan saw that as little more than uh, than uh, an excuse, as a uh, as sort of like a, a you know just sort of a, a sour grapes kind of a statement, or 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 just any kind of an excuse to make it make it better than it really was. He had to say something. Biden has to say something good about how we're leaving, and this is all he's got. He's got an over-the-horizon capability. Well, it was that over-the-horizon capability that took out Ayman al-Zawahiri. Uh, that's, that was a demonstration of the international capability of our CIA, of its, of its eyes and ears, of its over-the-horizon, of its, of its intelligence, of its patience, of its commitment to doing that which, uh, which both Barack Obama and, 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 uh, and of course, what, what Joe Biden have both said, that no enemy of America no matter where you are, can rest easily. And if you've, if you've gone, we didn't, we didn't ask for this terrorism war. I think Obama said that specifically, but it came to us and now we're taking it to them. And forget, don't, don't forget this. Take a shot at us and we will, not we will never rest until we've taken you down. And that played out yesterday. Now, I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, and I had to juxtapose everything Trumpian and everything January 6thian, and suddenly take that other, you know, month and, month and day, you know, September 9-11 and 1-6, and, and you put them side by side. And it's, I guess, for a moment it's difficult because is this the same country? Is, is the country that, that is so embattled and embroiled internally over the meaning of itself from a political and, and, and an operational level, is, is that d d domestically internally facing country, is that the same one that took out Obama, you know, that took out uh, Osama bin Laden and al-Zawahiri yesterday? Is, is it possible? Can, can we be both? How, how is it that we have a CIA that somehow has not been infected to the point that it would have just walked away from the possibility of getting al-Zawahiri? Because, well, you know, we don't do that anymore, or, or might have been so infected by the that, 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 that massive effort being made by Trump to debase the intelligence services of the United States in, in an effort to make him the last word on everything, to keep everybody out of his way, to allow him to have the final word, to make the rules, to basically set, set the course of the game. That's that domestic thing that, that, that Trump was doing. But here's this international thing. Is, is this the same country? And, and, and I know it sounds, it, it might sound strange to say that, but it was a wake up. It was, it was this, it was almost as though suddenly thinking of America as the, the, the force that was out there in the world with the CIA able to take out this, this, this bastard who was as much behind 9-11 as Osama bin Laden was, to take him out 20-something years later, 11 years after they took out Osama bin Laden, after Obama did, that, that America versus the one where there will be primaries today in, in, in states like 
Kansas, uh, and there'll be votes at the same time in Kansas that would give people the opportunity to totally ban all abortions, going backwards on, you know, on, on undoing a 50-year uh, right that American women had. And, and it, it, it's so contradictory. It's like, can both of these things be the same, the same country? And as these things tend to happen, <laughs> I got an answer to my question. I, I, was, I was thinking this question last night. And I got an answer to the question when I opened up my email this morning. I guess it was rather early. I, I, this is before 5 o'clock, I was going through emails from, and obviously this is stuff that came in yesterday or late yesterday evening. And I got an email from a, a very dear friend of mine. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually addressed to me directly. Uh, I, I've, I've mentioned a guy named Paul Naiman uh, before. Uh, Paul is also Monshin. Monshin is his Buddhist, his Tendai Buddhist name. Uh, he is the abbot of the Tendai Buddhist Institute up in Chatham, New York, uh, another hour and a half north of where I am, two hours maybe, bad traffic. Uh, and also has responsibility for Buddhist sanghas, for, for congregations, if you will, throughout Europe and South America and North America. And he puts out a, a monthly newsletter. And within that newsletter writes something that he calls meanderings, his, me, his meanderings, thoughts. And I just happened to see it this morning with, these, with this thought about which America am I dealing with and opened up Paul's um, monthly newsletter. I always read it. There's always, his meandering column is always something quite thoughtful, quite, quite uh, meaningful. And, and he started talking about uh, looking out or walking on the property that the, that the Tendai Buddhist Institute is located on. It's, it's on over a hundred acres uh, of land uh, that is largely un, uh, in the foothills of the Berkshire Mountains <clears throat> in Chatham, New York. You'd have to know the area. It's a beautiful area of, of New York State and going into Massachusetts on the other side. And much of it is completely undeveloped. And part of the developed area, even the developed area, has a lot of wildlife. Paul's talking about the birds coming and feeding and the rabbits scurrying about and the fact that his dog comes out in the morning and does his business, but then the rabbits know to go away and the birds basically go to the other side of the building and it's all this. And on one level, it's this bucolic fantasy but, but then, and, and, and you think, you know, well, maybe this is where he's going to go with this, and it's lovely, and it's nice, and hi, happy August, have a lovely summer, I'll talk to you again in September when the leaves start changing up here in Chatham, New York, signing off. No, that, that, that's not where it, it ended. And Paul then went on, Monshin went on, to say, you know, I then I stopped and I thought about it for a moment. And what I, at first glance, and what I willfully wanted to uh, observe as this, uh, this bucolic loveliness that fit a certain need within me to see it on a level of pure, almost entertainment to me, or reinforcement of the best of my feelings and aspirations at that level, if I really want to be honest about it, says Paul, what I'm really observing, the same behavior is really probably uh, mating behavior, aggressive behavior, 
mechanisms for finding food, mechanisms for preparing to, to attack or kill other organisms that basically may be getting in the way of whatever bird or rabbit or anything else, mechanisms for, for uh, ensuring procreation there. It, it wasn't an entertainment effort on the part of nature to make me happy at that moment. There was some real, I don't know, I guess is the word ugliness really tough stuff. Tough love, if you will. Hard, nasty reality going on beyond the level of this loveliness that I otherwise would have wanted to see it at. That's the reality of what was below it. But, but, and then, and then, and then it was like, well, you know, okay, he could have ended it there and said, and I could have gone, wow, geez, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. You're right. You're, but then he took it a step further. And this, and this, you have to understand is purely Buddhist. He said, you know, what I was even more surprised at, or maybe not, not so surprised that I had to remind myself, I think he said, that you can hold both of these images in your head, these apparently contradictory visions of the same landscape, the same, the same events, the same players, both apparently working in an entirely different way for an entirely different purpose, and they would seem on paper to be contradictory, but they're not. Each is as valid as the other. The beauty that I am seeing in these animals and this bucolic fantasy, this, this loveliness is as real and as important and as, and as uh, uplifting and as and as beautiful and as, as in sync with the universe as any other interpretation, any other valid interpretation, that second valid interpretation being the fight for survival that really is going on simultaneously using the same, the, the same canvas, the same format, the same players, the same actions. And it's not asking too much, or it's not as, certainly not asking the impossible, to be able to keep both those images, both of those notions of the same reality before you. You don't have to change. You don't have to lie about what is happening. You, you don't have to unobjectify. You don't have to totally subjectivize the facts, you don't have to become selective about what animal went where, when, and so on and so forth. You can, you can include every single bit of what you have observed and yet also see it in two different uh, meaningful spheres that might seem contradictory but are equally real. And this is in Buddhist thought that ultimately there will be a middle ground that you, that you attempt to find that, that balances, that incorporates all of this. And that's the ultimate uh, level, that's, that's the ultimate ascendance to, to enlightenment is seeing the middle of all of this, of seeing the pain, seeing the beauty and understanding that human life and sentient life basically incorporates both and that we are meant to understand all of that, that we are meant to absorb all of that, that there is meaning in all of that, that we don't have to choose the one or the other. And I, and I, I was beginning to, as I, as I read that, and I was just so taken with that, uh, I, I, I then basically uh, couldn't help <laughs> but apply that to what I had just read about the CIA taking out 
al-Zawahiri, and, 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 and essentially my feelings of complete separation between the United States that is out there in the world, still functioning quietly, a CIA and other forces working in cooperation, obviously, with other agencies around the world. This doesn't just happen accidentally because somebody one afternoon had a spy satellite and says, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. No, there's information being exchanged. There is, there is an exchange, there, there is an interactive level that is beyond anything that any of us can, can imagine. And, and we're not, I suppose, we, we're not supposed to. Now, maybe we get upset at the thought, and perhaps we should be upset at the thought of just how much information and how much activity is going on, allegedly on our behalf, on behalf of our nation, by agencies that we have no idea about whatsoever. There, there's that. And then there's the petty ugliness, the the, 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 the smallness, the effort to minimize, the effort to basically withdraw into little angry camps and, and, to, and, to, and to yell and, 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 to, and, to, and to lie and to basically just claw at the other guy and to reduce the country down to nothing but an us-them situation with, with no, it, it would appear, with no understanding whatsoever, with no appreciation whatsoever of what had just been done by the other America to basically protect us all, to fulfill a promise to constantly be there, to... Never let someone who has been that horrible to us, they'll never have any rest. There's no place where they can stay. America will, which America? America will find you. Which America found al-Zawahiri? Which America was it? Was, was it the Democratic administration of Joe Biden? Was it, was it some political group within the CIA that, that, that were reactivated because Democrats wanted to be that way? Did we have to invent a whole new part of government? Or, or was this there all along? Was this capacity? Has this capacity to be international, to be functional, has it been there all along? And, and, and I, I, what I find fascinating is people forget what the largest single chunk of the American budget is every year. Last year, it was over $800 billion for our military. Where is our military? Well, they're, they're not supposed to be operating in America, our regular army, our regular military. Uh, Trump attempted that when he cleared out Lafayette Square, had regular army coming and trying to tear gas people so that he could have a photo op holding a Bible upside down when he thought that would help him in the election. But, but basically, our military is the projection of America around the world. Who is our military? Who is, is that America? Is the military plus our CIA plus all of the different, uh, you know, uh, in international connections that we have, our diplomatic activities, is, is this a more real America than the America that is at, its, at each other's or at both sides' throats? trying to reassert something about uh, states versus the federal government, uh, rip it down. To, I mean, my God, there was, a, there was a, something that, that made its way that I, that I caught uh, this morning also. Uh, Eastman, John Eastman and a bunch of other Looney Tunes are out there trying to uh, create a, or, or to begin call a new constitutional convention, you know, like the one from 1789 or 87 and 89, that basically uh, to revise the American Constitution. 
you know, we, 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 the states do this. Individual states have their constitutions. I, I remember participating in a, uh, I participated in, in a, the New York State Constitutional Convention. Every 25 years, there's supposed to be a revisitation of the state constitution. That's according to our, according to the constitution. And people uh, put in amendments and attempt to change it, blah, blah, blah. New York State hasn't been very good at doing that sort of thing. But Eastman and a few of the other loonies want to get together and basically redo the Constitution of the United States in order to basically remove power from the federal government, financial power, fiscal power, as far as possible, and throw everything possible in the hands of the individual states. In other words, these people have it in their heads that they want to destroy the federal system in this country or, or so emasculate the activities of the federal government that, that, it, that the government will never, I imagine, will never bother us again. We states can get together and do whatever we want. In the end, we can do what, we could feather our nests and make our lives happy any damn way we want. And, and of course, there will still be the need for a bunch of us to, to affiliate in order to be us versus them. But it's, it's, it's looking at this tiny, tiny version of America. So tiny that you, you, you would have a hard time saying, we the people and making any sense out of it. And that's a mindset that's out there. It's playing out day by day. It's playing out in this election cycle. It's, it's playing out uh, in... in the notion of what the country can and should be. It's playing out in the fear of people who feel they've been left behind by the country. It's playing out in the emotions of people who feel that the, the, the changing complexion of the country is something that's holding them out. It's playing out among people who feel that they haven't been able to take full control of what's going on in our economy and really don't want to be bothered with having to make things nicer for these little people or these darker people or whatever the hell else is going on. There's that America, and that's what's playing out in our political system versus the America that just took out Al-Zawari. Now, now, do you have any difficulty holding or seeing, imagining those two Americas in your mind? Can, can you see them as the same country? Do you have to sort of stop and pause and, and, and try to put the pieces together in order to categorize as America the bigger one, and, well, it's not too hard to do the small one. That's done for us on a daily basis. But do we not put enough? Do we not lend enough to the small one? Do we, do we really fully appreciate what either of them are if we don't look at both simultaneously? Uh, that, that's what I would contend. That we need to be able to balance two opposing notions of America in our mind simultaneously, those of us capable of doing that, to appreciate, to, to be motivated to move America in a sufficient direction to basically give us hope of a long-term and a evolutionarily positive direction going forward. And I, and I think that, that I direct that message, and I have to right now, to Democrats broadly and to thinking Republicans more narrowly. You can't have what just happened with Al-Zawari. I keep going with different pronunciations, Zawahiri, uh, Zawari, whatever. You can't have that happen if you've basically emasculated the federal system. You can't have, if, if, if you had a Trump that came back in power and you basically tried to destroy the intelligence operat operatives of this country. Why? Because, well, they get in your way. 
because you don't want a powerful FBI, certainly domestic you want. You want to disempower your domestic forces. And, and, you, and, you, and well, that leads, you into, uh, that leads you into homeland security and that leads you all over the place. And if you start demeaning one group, you're going to demean another and you'll ultimately create your own information group within your own. And this is what despots have done. This is what, this is what author authoritarians have done forever. But what it does is it makes it difficult to objectively do things on behalf of what is good for America. What would the reconstituted international intelligence arm of a Trump government be trying to do? Would they have gone after an al-Zawari? Would, would that have been a goal? Would, it, would they be able to envision something that made... That, that, that would make all of America proud for what they had done. Oh, of, of course, in, in, in any international operation, they would use words like that to justify whatever the hell they'd done, but, but the activity would have been purely self-centered. This is Trump. Trump is a narcissist. Trump basically is, is, you know, is clinical. He's pathological in his behavior. He is a pathological liar. He can't tell the truth. We know that he's out for himself. So if there were some international operation carried out by a Trump government, it wouldn't be for the true benefit of the entire country. It wouldn't tie back to something that was positive. It would basically be to forward the personal agenda of Donald and his compatriots. And it would be, it would be separated outward from the state's rights situation that basically allows people like Donald and his friends to operate unchecked. It would ultimately, and, and, and this would ultimately, of course, rebound to the disbenefit, to the disadvantage of those who are not in that circle or not at that level because the tax policies and the fiscal policies of the country would be constantly, constantly, constantly re-massaged re, 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 uh, re to make it more and more advantageous just to those in power. This is what happens when you have an autocracy. This is what happens in a fascism. This is exactly where Donald's going. You have to start with a lie, and you basically expand on that. You couldn't have. You, 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 you just, well, okay, who took out Osama bin Laden, and who took out al-Zawari? Two Democratic presidents. Was... Was, was Donald focused on al-Zawari while he was president? Now, the, 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 the storyline about Donald is that he couldn't pay attention to anything. They had to draw pictures to keep him interested in anything, and he was only interested in what was good for him. But I, 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 I cannot for a moment imagine that if, if the CIA, which maybe he wasn't paying enough attention to, he was more interested in the FBI, he was more interested in his own domestic situation. CIA, maybe insofar as it involves his dealings with international organizations, but that was also being covered uh, by uh, lawsuits here in America, by investigations, that was covered by the Mueller report, and that all got tucked away, ugly, lied about, uh, misinterpreted, misstated by the now attempting to, uh, to re re you know, renovate his, uh, his, uh, his legacy, Bill Barr. Uh, no, I, I don't think Donald ever would have gotten to this point. Now, if, if it happened... If the CIA continued and, and finally was, there was an opportunity to take out uh, al-Zawari, would Donald have denied it? I don't know. If there was another deal, if there was something going on, he probably would have called, called his Saudi friends and figured out if this was going to piss anybody off. And then there would have been a reason not to... Now, now I'm, 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 I, don't have, I don't have this factually. But if you're if you're beholden to the Saudis and if you love the ego uh, boost that you're getting and if they've just thrown money at you for a, a, a big, uh, uh, you know, for a, for a big golf tournament and, and because they've started their own league and 
And you know that, that, that everything that started with 9-11 had to do with 15 uh, Saudis out of the 19 hijackers uh, taking over American planes. Well, you know, you're going to probably contact the Saudis before you make a move like this. And what do you think the Saudis are going to say? Take him out? No. We'll take him in. Get him out of there. And we'll, 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 we'll take him and we'll, we'll make sure that he, he doesn't bother you or anybody else. Okay, uh, when, when's, our next, when's the next tournament? When's the next time you'll be using my golf courses? You, know, you, you get the idea? We have to once again see America broadly recognize ourselves for not just what we are, but all that we are. See us, see ourselves beyond this narrow window of, of fighting and, and this, this, this small, tiny little thing where, where we can yell and scream across an island, you're a liar, you're a liar, blah, blah, blah. This is not what we are certainly not all we are. We are the greatest international power on earth. We are more than just a bunch of, of, of uh, Trumpian loonies and, 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 and rock-hardened Democrats shouting across an aisle. We are not that. We are not people who cannot possibly work together ever. We are fluid. There is always change possible. Just the fact that there's that much difference in our makeup, these, that this, this, this massive international thing that we are, and this ridiculously uh, small, tiny, angry thing that we are, that appears to be attempting to destroy everything that allows us to be international. This is, we are fluid. It doesn't mean we sit back and ignore the forces that are going at us internally in order to break down our, or, or even unknowingly, or maybe, well, I don't know, maybe willfully, maybe consciously, but breaking down the federalist system in this country for the sake of their own desires we can't ignore that. We can't ignore the effect that that would have on us internationally and our ability to project as we need to. In fact, it's the opposite. We have to be infinitely more conscious of this. And I think if more Democrats and thinking Republicans could focus on what just happened taking out Al-Zawari, and, 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 and broaden their perspective on this country. I would think it would make the notion of allowing or, or just seeing the, the, this, this childish interplay, this, this childish effort on the part of the Trumpian types to take down the federal government and to basically have it our way or the highway no matter what and do it in your face the danger of that would be even more magnified, but not simply because it was them winning versus us. No, it would give us the ability to say this was what this does to America. This is what it does to the bigger place called America that we all ultimately have to live in. And for your own sake, Trumpians, we can't let you take down America. The world will not do well in that situation. The world will not do well with a bunch of little fighting states basically looking to, to affiliate with an authoritarian leader and basically it's us versus them and all that that does and doesn't do to the true force and power and wealth of America which would be totally misdirected in that situation. No, it wouldn't be used to take down a bin Laden. It would be used to take down anyone and anything that basically Donald and his cronies felt was in their way, keeping them from getting what they wanted to get. You know why? Because that's what authoritarians do. That's what fascists do. It's, it's, it's a lot more dangerous 
And it, it's more dangerous not to recognize the different Americas at play here and to calmly accept that we are all these things, but to committedly devote ourselves to preventing the worst of what these thoughtless, frightened Trumpians would have us become. Amazing, amazing what uh, a story in the news. I mean, I'm sitting here in, in Westchester, and to me it's a story in the news, but it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a perspective I didn't expect. And of course, I thank my dear friend Paul for, for giving me the opportunity to really see it as it, I feel it needs to be seen. I hope, I hope you understand the, the significance of that as well. We are big, we are small, we are so many things. We are contradictions. But we are all of that. And we can recognize all that. We can hold these thoughts in our minds. And we could be motivated to make America the best it can be. We cannot allow the Trumpians to take over this country because it will not be this country if they do. That's, it's that simple. It's that simple. I, <laughs> what can I tell you? I, I, I think, I think I, okay, you, you, you get a break. <laughs> and of course, since this is Central F Radio, you do it with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. 
and we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial progressive programming, and we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you for being part of today's show. There are multiple Americas. There, there is the small, angry, bitter thing that is all about Trumpians lying and, and putting everybody down and attempting to defederalize the country. And then there's the America that projects its power and its ability and takes down the worst terrorists in the world. The thing is, it's not a question of choosing one or the other. It's understanding that we're all in this together.